This is the Build Your Path podcast, where we explore how people get into their careers in the built environment. Today's guest is Grace Mace. Grace is the CEO and founder of BayRep, author to Revivify Your Home, and has been working in the industry for 10 years. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Howard Community College. Welcome on into the Build Your Path podcast, hosted by myself, Matthew Pine. I am with my guest today, Grace Mace, and I'm the CEO of Bay Rep. And the coolest thing I've done in my life is backpacking through Northern Africa by myself. So, uh, Grace, welcome to the show. We uh, appreciate you taking out some time for us today. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, So if you want to give our listeners an introduction, you know, who you are and, and what you do. Yes, um, I found this company called BayRep and just really traced back to my early passion of construction, residential construction. Um, I, what I think about is bring technology and construction into one place. The intersection to me is what's fascinating. Oftentimes, the profession to focus on building something uniquely special for others, but what we also realized the process also needs support. And so that's what we do, focus on the process from design through construction, bring teams to collaborate together so they can have efficient way to get things in at the same time to have a positive experience altogether. Awesome. Um, So if you can give us, you know, how you got to where you are now, um, what pathway did you follow when you were younger? All right. How far can I go? Can I go as far as five years old? Yep. As far (laughs) back as you like. Sounds good. Well, here, I feel like I'm going through a therapy session now. All right. When I was five, (laughs) um, seriously, but I did start with when I was five years old, my father took me to job site. Uh, He's an electrical engineer, but he, we were, he saved enough money where we were able to um, have our own home. And as a, well, he was an immigrant Mm -hmm. from China. We were living in Taiwan at that time. And it was a big deal for him, for him to you know, start from nothing to build something that he actually could buy at home. And it was a brand new development. He would take me up to the stairs on Sunday morning and there were just concrete and rebars and nails broken, you name it, it's typical mm-hmm. construction site. And I fell in love with it because I actually got just a chance to see my father just beaming. And mm-hmm. as you can imagine, typical Chinese father don't have a whole lot of expressions and that's my father. And the fact that his face just lit up and when he saw this empty space, what he saw was beyond then just empty space. He saw the future of our family. He's able to provide for his family. And I could, being the youngest child, I actually could have my own room. And he let me pick out the color of my room. At five-year-old, that was a big deal. It was a big decision to personalize my space and what that meant to me and how much he had confidence in me of me creating my own space. And so I think that's what, when I really analyzed where the, the origin story really was that those moments of going up to job site with my father, man, he's inspecting, I was just more kicking around the nails <laughs> and, <laughs> and curious about the space and the process and seeing the construction and totally just watching how the building continued to evolve. And ultimately we were able to move in the space. And I grew up in that space for quite some time. And I came to America 
didn't speak a word of English. Eventually went through the schooling process, got really interested pursuing in architecture. Um, when I was in high school, I took a drafting class and I just thought, wow, this is kind of fun because I love using just drawing a line can actually shape what the space could look like. And it's just pure using imagination. That was a lot of just pure fun. I could just spend hours drafting and understanding different line width could you know, help to translate what that means for someone who's receiving and building, you know, thicker lines and certain weight of the, the space. And so <clears throat> that's how I actually evolved my career. Went to end up taking uh, courses for drafting classes in high school, all the way to pursuing in the degree in architecture. I did my undergrad at Berkeley, UC Berkeley. Mm -hmm. And when I graduated, it was a tough time for getting jobs back. This is 1993. And I was really fortunate to get an opportunity to work at Berkeley as a campus architect. And opportunity where I was able to position myself as an owner's rep, representing the university and working with all different types of folks from architects, engineers, contractors, trade partners, you name it, and also inspectors. And so that was like drinking from fire hose, everything mm -hmm. you want to learn about building construction, I learned that. And I also realized I was out of college. I didn't know a thing, <laughs> even though I took a bunch of classes, but there's a what you learn theoretically in classes to what really happens in mm -hmm. the job site. It can be different. And I was terrified. And because I was still on campus, I was able to go back to my uh, construction professor. She was kind enough, you know, kind of mentor me during my first year. And I asked her, it's like, what do I do? I didn't know there is an inspection about this uh, compression for the concrete. And she's like, if you don't know, be honest, just tell them you don't know and ask questions. Mm -hmm. And that's how you learn. And I have to say, that was the best advice I had. And that stuck with me. If you don't know, be honest, just ask questions. And throughout my career, I took that lesson very to the heart is when I don't know things, I ask. And I always want to be honest and just, I don't need to show up as I'm somebody who knows something when I don't. And that's misaligned with my value. So I think that was probably the one of those biggest takeaway. The other path I kind of took when I went, um, I took the license exam before I went back to graduate school and took, was able to pass a bunch of architecture license here in California. And when I went back to graduate school to earn my master's degree in architecture, I was able to waive out a bunch of courses, mainly because I passed the license exam here. And by doing so, I was able to explore different areas such as law classes, you know, mm -hmm. political science and game theory, uh, mm -hmm. business classes, that kind of expand my interest of understanding how the world, besides learning how to draw, is how does the world operates and how does corporation think about, you know, managing the resources and so forth and how does a, from the legal perspective, how do you protect yourself? So that gave me a little taste of what corporate life may be like. Um, when I finished grad school, actually, during the time I was in graduate school, the dean came to me and said, you're the most computer savvy person in, the in school. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, keep in mind, there's only 40 people. There weren't a lot of folks to choose from. Still, but I happened yeah. to do a lot of fly through animation, 3D modeling. This is back in mid-90s. And I know I sound ancient, and you guys probably haven't <laughs> been born yet, but that's what I was doing. 
Um, so I was fortunate enough to get that opportunity. And that kind of led me to explore something new uh, is to understand how technology could help people solving people problem. And um, I was also in the missions co uh, committee at that time. So I was watching this lady who works in the missions office and poor Mimi, she's you know listening to the voicemail messages people leave behind. This is how the college application process used to be. They have to call in to get the, you know, provide the address. So someone in the office was sent over the entire booklet of the application. Um, and that's what she did. And, but it's very stressful, very manual. And of course, day in, day out, you see the mailman bring all this booklet out to mail the booklets. And then next day, there'll be a subset of, of them coming back because they're undeliverable, sorry. And so I had this idea, it's like, why not putting the application on the website? So I right. went to a Word document, create the whole thing, PDF the file, upload this file. <laughs> and so, not only did we increase admissions application, mm -hmm. um, we also reduced stress on Mimi's part. Mm -hmm. We also reduced the undeliverable booklet that could never be used again. So we all know it turned out to be a much more effective way improving the process and giving more control to the students. I mean, I can only imagine the students never got the booklet and they missed the opportunity to apply. That's a disappointing thing. And so giving control to the student for them to be able to access information at any point they want. Um, so that's how I realized, you know, technology can actually solve people problem. And that's, I kind of veer my career out to technology for the last two decades. And now I'm bringing them back together, thinking about again, what can I do to help to improve the industry after my horrible home renovation process? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a very long story. Yeah, and it sounds like you uh, really focused on efficiency as well. So I think that's very important for the business world. Um, I know you mentioned your father extensively, um, especially in your early life. Have you had another mentor in your life? My mother, who's okay. incredible, hardworking, and just resilient. Uh, for someone who came from nothing, literally, my my great my grandfather passed away when he was really young, mm -hmm. and my grandmother who didn't have, she only has sixth grade graduation, a uh, sixth grade diploma. Mm -hmm. And for a while she hung her diploma in her living room and she was so proud. That was what she's capable to do. And she would knit sweaters to take care of the family and help my mother to get to, you know, get trade education through accounting. And she's able to take care of us, um, take care of her family at the same time. So I'm always so impressed with my mother. When we immigrated to America, she also didn't speak a word of English, but she hustled. She took bus in Los Angeles, which is very unusual. Bus transportation, public transportation in LA doesn't mm -hmm. really exist, but <laughs> she, find, she found her way and just hustled. She didn't know how to drive. She learned to drive. She didn't know how to speak English. She learned to speak English. Um, so it just, I, I'm very fortunate to have incredible parents who were just amazing role models for me. Yeah, it sound, sounds like that work ethic really shaped you as well. Um, so just talk about your passion for home improvement overall. I love home improvement. It's one of the things that is so satisfying when people have able to help people, you know, the thought of 
if you have ability to help others to transform their life mm-hmm. by transform their home, it's, it's a visceral experience. I can't, it's hard to, for me to put words to it. Just seeing people's face to, if, you know, watching the evolution of their space into something remarkable, something they just love. That to me is incredibly powerful. Um, I'll share one story with you about one of our clients, a homeowner client. Um, they're building a new home and they have two little girls and um, the mother, she's been really excited about this project, but at the same time, she's anxious because this is not, construction is not something she's done before, she ever mm-hmm. worked on before. She's been in the tech industry, she knows how to operate, get the process, figure things out, getting people working together. But construction is a whole different ball game. And so periodically I'll check in with her and then she, she'll you know, want some opinions and I'll meet with her and then bounce ideas with her. And I remember succinctly one time we were, it was still under construction. The, the stairs between first floor and second floor hasn't even installed. So they're just a ladder propped against the second floor uh, uh, area. And so she's never been to second floor. She knows the house is building up and there's a roof and everything. She, know, she knows the bedrooms are upstairs and she's excited about it, but she's never seen it. And I think it was a weekend where uh, no workers were around. And so I just show her how to go up the ladder to go mm-hmm. to the second floor. And I came back down, held the ladder just so she feels secure and she's mm-hmm. able to climb up the ladder and go up. And that moment, even for her to accomplish that little thing, maybe trivial for many of us, but for her was a big deal that she was able to get up there and seeing her space and just taking those steps up the ladder may be terrifying for her, mm-hmm. but she did it on her own. And mm-hmm. that was so excited for her and so proud of her. She went to visit her kids' bedrooms, the restroom, the bathrooms for, for the girls, um, went up to the back to see her, you know, her, her space with her husband, her master bedroom, is, and then able to view her backyard. It, it's just that moment, it just came clash down. You, the pure excitement is what I saw my father when I was five and I saw it in her. And the more exciting part is the following weekend, she was able to take her girls up to the ladder to see their room and how proud they were of their space. That to me was everything. So this is the reason why I love home improvement. I mean, the downside is, it's such a fragmented industry and yet there's not a good process management. And this is the reason why we want to be able to help support and serve. And I think that's really come to the forefront in the last year, especially with, you know, a lot of people indoors, you know, maybe thinking about um, upgrading the their home space. So I think uh, your voice is very important in that aspect. Um, you just mentioned, you know, young people inspiring the next generation. Uh, why should young people enter the industry? This is such an incredible industry. One is not only do you transform other people's life, you have the skill that you can do anything a lot of time is transferable. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing from the various from, you know, training as a trace people, you can do a lot of things. And it's a very, very profitable industry. And to all the way through, you want to be an engineers to architects, that's also very transferable. And a day is about problem solving mm-hmm. and time management, managing projects. And ultimately when you, at some point, if you choose to own your business, all of that skills are transferable. And to me, that's one of the unique industry. What we do 
in the trade schools or in the general in the field, they all apply how we interact with others because these are personal space is personal, not just physical space is personal in, you know, um, personal space within you, how yeah. you grow as a person, how you think, how you serve and how you connect with others. That mm-hmm. all is part of the training of being who you are in the job side. So I forever grateful for the opportunity and I love this industry. Perfect. Uh, I did want to give you the chance to plug your book as well. Uh, Revivify your life. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Um, I wrote the book mainly of thinking about what can I do to help homeowners to have mentally be prepared for the process. It is a roller coaster. When you don't know what you don't know, it's daunting and scary. And so that was a desire of what can I do to provide some, you know, almost like a um, roadmap. If you were to go on the you know, road trip, you kind of need to know, all right, I'm here and I want to get to point B or mm-hmm. I want to go to Disneyland. And yeah. what do I need to do? <laughs> right? Right. Home improvement, same kind of, is same concept is, is a journey from point A to point B. But a lot of time you have to plan ahead of time. The more planning you do, the better off you are. And even just on the you know road trip, you need to figure out, all right, how many days would I plan to be on the road? And where do I want to go? Do I have my playlist ready to go? And who's <laughs> going to be in the car with me on this road trip? And are they the right people? And do they have the same expectation? When I say I want to go to Disneyland, are they thinking about Magic Mountain? So because that would be a total disappointment when you get there. And so... Um, the book is about helping homeowners or someone who's ready or thinking about embarking onto this journey is giving them that step-by-step process, guiding them through how to get there and not be overwhelmed with, oh my goodness, this is a massive project, but taking one bite at a time. And hopefully the goal is they'll feel more comfortable. And we've seen that so far with many, <laughs> many of our pros and I'm getting this book, getting this book to their clients, just kind of help them mentally prepare. And when you're more mentally prepared, you are more confident. When you're more confident, you can ease through the process more with that more uh, peace of mind in, as you go, navigate through that. So thank you. This is something I did it mainly because, I mean, writing certainly not my forte. And mm-hmm. as I mentioned, English is my second language. And so right. it's not, it's one of the things that, what can I do to help others? And that kind of took the fear out of me and just say, let's do just do it. And it may not be perfect, but let me just go ahead and try it. And I, I will encourage all of you guys listening, don't take let the fear take over you. Just go out and try it. You never know. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you get, the better you get. And that's a brilliant thing about our industry. So I wish you best of luck and I, I can't wait for you guys to do so well. And I'm going to be on the sideline cheering for all of you. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so then just to wrap up here, uh, Grace, if people want to learn more about you, your book, about BayRep, uh, where can they reach you? Well, the best way for BayRep is just going to www.beyrep.com mm-hmm. and there's a way for contact us. And also for some of you guys who may have a LinkedIn profile as a professional profile, I also have a profile there. And it's within LinkedIn, you can just type in my name and I'll be there. So feel free to reach out, connect with me, or even on our Instagram or Twitter, just DM me. I'm also on the Clubhouse, so feel free to find me. I'm also there too. And we can do a private call, more than happy to share with you my experience and 
anything I can do to help you, you know, figure your way through and share my story. So you feel the confidence that, you know, it's going to be okay. You're going to be phenomenal. <laughs> Thank you so much, Grace. Uh, we really appreciate you taking out the time. Thank you so much for having me and really appreciate you guys sharing my story, but best of luck to everyone. I'm out here cheering for all of you guys. If you want to learn more about Build Your Path podcast and the built environment overall, go ahead and visit buildyourpath.org. Another big thank you to our guest, Grace Mace from Bay Rep. Once again, this episode was brought to you by Howard Community College. Build Your Path podcasts are produced by the Maryland Center for Construction, Education, and Innovation. I'm Matt Pine. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.